This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. What's your favorite time of year? Is it Christmas because of all the presents? Is it your birthday? because of cake and more presents. My son's favorite time of the year is October because that's when Halloween is. He loves scary stuff and he loves to dress in costumes. Me? My favorite time of the year is February. Why February? Because it's Black History Month. Let's listen again to the scholars at Clarksdale Collegiate as we talk about Black History Month. What month is this? February. What do we celebrate during February? Black History Month. Black History Month. Why do we need a Black History Month, do you think? To show all the things and all the the things that our ancestors did to help out what we have today. Yeah, so we learn about Black achievement, Lorelai? To, like, celebrate all the Black people who have changed racism, changed the world. Yes. People who fought for justice, people who fought against racism. Very good. I was born in Black History Month. (laughs) So you are Black History. Very good. Is Black History just for Black people? No. No. Who's it for? Like everybody. (laughs) It's for everybody. Because this is American history too. My name is Dr. Jamar Tisby, author of How to Fight Racism, Young Readers Edition. And I want to welcome you, your friends, and the adults in your life along this journey as we learn together how to fight for racial justice using our head, heart, and hands. As I keep telling you, I'm a historian, so I study history for a living. And I love history because history is story. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a story or two about Black history, which is really history for all of us. I, I said I introduced, you could call me Dr. T. You know what I'm a doctor of? Not medicine. History. history. Yeah, I got my PhD in history from the University of Mississippi. It's the highest degree you can get. It means I can teach college, I can teach graduate school, and my whole thing is I study history. You know what the last part of history is? The last part of the word history? Day. Story. The reason I love history because history is just stories. Like I told you about Audrey K. Hendricks, that's history, but it's a story. It's fascinating. That's why history is my favorite subject. It doesn't have to be yours. That's okay. Let me ask you this. This is a history question. Have you ever heard of Frederick Douglass? No. Okay, some of them. Not everybody. So, let me tell you about Frederick Douglass. Here's a story. Frederick Douglass was born enslaved. You ever heard of slavery? Yes. Frederick Augustus Washington Bailey was born around 1818. He didn't know his exact birthday because they didn't keep detailed records of when an enslaved person was born. His mother was named Harriet Bailey, and she was also enslaved. And while Frederick was still a baby, he was sold away from his mother Harriet to another plantation. The only way she could visit her baby boy was by walking 12 miles to this other plantation. It was at night after a long, hard day of work. Frederick Douglass wrote this about his mother. She made her journeys to see me 
in the night, traveling the whole distance on foot. After the performance of her day's work, she was a field hand, and a whipping is the penalty of not being in the field at sunrise. So she would have to work all day long, hard work, hot work. And then at the end of an already long day, she would have to walk to a different plantation to see her son. And she would have to be back before sunrise because if she was late, she could get whipped. All of this and Frederick Douglass's mother, Harriet, died when he was about six or seven years old. A few years later, Frederick Douglass was sold to a different plantation. A plantation is a large area of farmland that was owned by a wealthy person who relied on the labor of poorer people, typically enslaved black people, to plant and harvest crops. Later, Frederick was assigned to work for someone in the city of Baltimore, and it was in Baltimore that Frederick Douglass's life would change forever. Frederick Douglass in Baltimore learned one simple lesson that you probably take for granted. He learned how to read. The wife of the man who Frederick Douglass worked for taught him how to read. Actually, they had just enough time to teach Douglass the alphabet and a few simple words before others discovered what she was doing and then forced her to stop teaching him. See, at that time, enslaved people were not permitted to learn how to read or write. This really gets me, because I love to read. Do you love to read? Imagine if someone told you that you couldn't even learn the alphabet just because of the color of your skin. I'd be so mad. But Douglas had learned just enough of reading to keep teaching himself, and eventually he learned how to read and write. And then he began teaching other enslaved people too. Now, this was a huge risk because enslaved people aren't supposed to do that. And when his slave owner caught him teaching other enslaved people, they sold Douglas to another owner to stop him. Douglas's new slave owner was an exceptionally cruel man who beat and whipped Douglas and the other enslaved people he was in charge of. But Douglas determined that he would be free. So, with the help of his future wife, Anna Murray, he escaped to freedom and went north, where there was less slavery. Frederick Douglass became one of the most famous men of his day. He gave hundreds of speeches against slavery. He wrote books about his life under slavery and told people about the brutal reality of the practice. It's likely that none of this would have happened if Douglass had not learned how to read. What do we learn about the importance of education from somebody like Frederick Douglass? Um, the education, education can be used in many ways to help others and just for yourself later on in life. That's very good. Yes. So what you're getting now, fourth and fifth grade, you'd be able to use it for your whole life. Nobody can take it away from you. Madison, were you going to say something? Um, education is a big part of your life to get a job or even start your own business. That's right. Frederick Douglass used his education to, to, to help promote freedom. And there's a way in which education is freedom. So it's very important. Josiah? He uses education to educate people. Exactly, yes. To teach others. Y'all are saying, how do we fight racism? We got to teach other people. That means you got to be educated. 
That means you got to learn about it. As we dive into the history of race relations in America in the next episode, my hope is that you will use your education as Frederick Douglass used his, breaking down the barriers that keep people apart and fighting for fair treatment for all people. We'll explore more history in the next lesson. Until then, thank you so much for joining me for this very important discussion. There's still so much work to do in order to fight racism, so we're going to need adults and kids in every generation to be part of the struggle. If you'd like to learn about fighting for racial justice, pick up the book How to Fight Racism, Young Readers Edition at your local bookstore or online at jamartisby.com. And be sure to subscribe to my newsletter, and you can find that on the website too. This podcast has been produced by Pottery Studios, with special thanks to the scholars of Clarksdale Collegiate. Until next time, I've been your host, Dr. Jamar Tisby. And remember, if we want to turn this civil rights moment into a movement, it's going to take all of us. Talk to you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.